The Charlotte Museum of History's 7th African American Heritage Festival kicks off Thursday. The three-day festival includes art exhibits, dance and drum performances, a Caribbean carnival, panel discussions, and other community events. This year's keynote speaker is South Carolina native Joe McGill, founder of the Slave Dwelling Project. Since 2010, McGill has traveled around the country, finding and spending the night in dwellings that once housed enslaved people. In this hibernation podcast episode, he visits a cabin for the enslaved at Magnolia Plantation and Gardens in Charleston, South Carolina. The cabin's not very big. It's probably about uh, maybe 15 by 20 on both sides. It's an open ceiling. And it's, it's got a fireplace in the middle, a chimney in the middle. It gave it a, a feeling of home, if you will. If, if one want to consider such a space a home, you know, our ancestors did, and they had to, had no choice. McGill talked to WFAE's Gwendolyn Gwen about the project and why he became involved in this work. My South Carolina education left me in a place where I thought that the enslaved people were happy to be enslaved. The people who enslaved them were benevolent. All that was untrue. So I had to disprove all that, if you will, because I became a park ranger at Fort Sumter National Monument. And when I became a park ranger, I had to do the research to uh, be able to talk to audiences coming to learn about the Civil War. And in learning the real story, I learned that although we're a great nation, along the way, we committed some atrocities. And one of those atrocities was enslaving people. But you would go to these sites and all you heard about were the architecturally significant big houses, the vaulted ceilings, the grand staircase. But very seldom would they tell you about whose labor was stolen to make all that possible. So you go to various parts of the country. How do you find the dwellings? Fourteen years ago when I started, it was a matter of me consulting with the State Historic Preservation Office. Every state has one. Explaining to them my desire. They provided me a list and I started making phone calls. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a little awkward at, at the beginning because, you know, if you get a phone call with such a request, you have to think about the, the mental capacity of anyone wanting to do such a thing. Is he looking for ghosts? Is he looking for treasures? Is he seeking reparations? I'm not looking for ghosts or, or looking for treasures. It was all about acknowledging the existence of these places, acknowledging the stewards of these places, but not only preserving these buildings, but tell the real stories of the people who inhabited those spaces. Could you describe some of them and what conditions are you finding them to be in when you go there? Various conditions. I've slept on some with dirt floors that scare me the most, you know, creepy crawlies. And uh, I slept in one that sold for $400,000. People are using these, these things for all uses, she sheds and man caves and offices and rental spaces and bed and breakfast. Now, uh, there's uh, a few that I refuse to sleep in because of their condition. You know, a good gusts of wind would have had it collapse uh, right around me. Now, what are they composed of? If it was the frontier, 
you would see a lot of log cabins. So if you're on the coast of South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, you see a material called tabby, a mix of oyster shell, sand, and lime. If you're in the Virginia area, you see a lot of field stones. Before these, uh, the, the land there could be made capable of growing whatever crop they were growing. They had to be cleared of these field stones. Now, the ones that you say you were not able to sleep in because of conditions of them, are they being preserved? Yes. All the ones that I have come in contact with were either at a stage of preservation or are getting there, with the exception of one. Uh, in Missouri, there was this case of this lady who acquired property with a slave dwelling on it. Preservationists were reminding her of what she can or should and should not do with her property in accordance with the Secretary of Interior standards. And she got up so upset that under the cover of darkness, she tore it down. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, there's that case. The ones that have had more renovations, are they preserving the history of enslavement that occurred there? I would say... Generally, no. How does that make you feel? 14 years ago, I, I was angry. I was getting even more angry. But I think the existence of the of the places gives potential because when the places are not there, sometimes you're lucky if you get a sign that says there once stood. You know, a lot of these places are privately owned. I only ask access and that they uh, acknowledge what was there historically. In some of these places, they do. Some don't. Now, there are those places that are ready for prime time, as in museum ready, and they're, they're here for that purpose. What's it like staying in them? What What do you feel when, you, when you're staying in them? When I started uh, sleeping in these places alone, it was, uh, you know, a challenge. But as far as the thoughts going through my head, you know, you think about People in that space, especially women in those spaces, knowing that that time of relative serenity could be interrupted by the desire of the enslaver or the uh, enslaver's sons or overseers. Mm -hmm. uh, I know they thought about the bloodhounds that were on the property, trained specifically to, to chase them down. They chose to escape. After going to these places, what do you hope to happen after you leave? Well, if these places are already doing the right thing by, you know, honoring the enslaved ancestors and telling their stories, I, it's my hope that that continues. I'm dealing with a lot of uh, cases now where people want to get to that place. Uh, this history has now become political. It's all engrossed in this thing called, you know, critical race theory and an anti-woke. So some folks who, who want to go there are afraid to go there because of this political football that this history has become. And with the pushback that we're seeing in terms of the teaching of the period of enslavement, I would assume you may see that um, your project is even more important, given the climate. Oh, yeah. You know, just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. You know, racism doesn't stop. It evolves. Where do you see this project going for the long range? What are your goals? We are concentrating more on the conversations that we have before the sleepovers happen. We talk about those things that people don't usually talk about with the folks who don't usually look like them. You know, we talk about uh, white supremacy, white privilege, and KKK lynchings and Confederate monuments. Should they stay or should they go? Weddings on plantation, that's a big thing. And of course, now the elephant in the room 
as you know, anti-CRT and anti-woke. Joe McGill is the founder of the Slave Dwelling Project, based in Ladson, South Carolina. He'll speak about slavery and its impact on this country Saturday at 1230 during the African American Heritage Festival. Go to Charlotte Museum of History for the full schedule.